0: Up everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson. Joined. By Rachel Mogan
1: Buongiorno. Buongiorno to you
0: as well How are you on this fine Random recording Of a Saturday evening We it's, normally don't
1: record It's really gross outside It's, it's
0: so humid.
1: humid It's so humid And it's it not It is a swamp It's very hot um, I'm sure that at least One of the characters From a game That I'll talk about today Would love this kind of weather But we as humans uh, Do not People who
0: avo- would like To avoid sweating At all moments <laughs> of the day It's
1: not an option It's not, on it's, on not uh, it's not optimal
0: weather For that It is not no, it's not. But, you know, aside from the weather, we do like to talk about games here at Team Chat Podcast, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. New episodes come out Tuesday, 9 a.m. Central Time, you can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can watch a video version of each episode on youtube.com. Slash C. Slash C. Team Chat Podcast, head over to TeamchatPodcast.com/slash where to listen to find a complete list of all the places you can find the show. we can also find us on social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also join our Discord server. Links for all that are in the description below. And finally, we're a completely listener-supported show, so if you're really loving and enjoying what we're doing, head over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, whereas for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show and in return. We'll give you cool perks like getting the episodes early, before the general Tuesday release, and access to a private channel on our Discord server, the Rogues Gallery where we share some behind-the-scenes bits, extra little fun discussion and topics outside of the show, and uh, it's just a great place for all the people who support us to hang out and be a fun, have a fun community. But, again, you can join our Discord normally, even if you're not a supporter of the show, but there's just a special channel on there specifically for our patrons.
1: So, thank you, patrons. We thank we you, love patrons. You.
0: <laughs> we do love you, because without you, quite honestly, this show would not be possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So really appreciate you all. Again, that's patreon.com slash Podcast. But before we jump into our main topic of the day, let's get a little bit of news, games that are coming out soon and whatnot in our moment with Mogan.
1: First of all, that was a smooth opening. Thank you. Good sir.
0: That I was not that trying was to jinx very it. Nice. I was trying to calm myself yeah, in I my head. Yeah, I didn't want to
1: say anything, but I was like, dang, this is a pretty good run. I just clipped right through <laughs> it. It, was, it Spi- went well. Spit out, very... out all the
0: uh, vital information, and here we are.
1: Well done, good sir. So, there is a ton coming out on May 21st. This episode's air date. So, year. strap in. I'm going to have to list a lot of stuff. So, uh, first we've got Team Sonic Racing for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. We've also got Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered slash Liberation Remastered is coming to the Switch. Oh, it's like, wait, yeah. that already came out. Right? Ugh. No, so it's making its way to the Switch. Whoa, playing an
0: Assassin's Creed game on the Switch, that would be a trip.
1: I really would only want to play it in handheld mode. just to Right? Like, make, like,
0: that would be weird. That
1: would be weird. I played Liberation
0: on the Vita.
1: Oh, see, that's even tinier. You would probably yeah. be okay with that. Well, it then. and because
0: the, well, but also like it was originally made specifically for. Was it made? Yeah, it was Vita only originally, so it was already geared towards that. So uh, you know, like the graphics weren't as crisp and all that different stuff like that. So, but yeah. now this is the remastered version, remade, remastered. I'm curious to see what it would look like, but still on the Switch, that's kind of weird. I wonder and cool. how. I wonder how it'll run on the Switch. Probably fine. I mean, yeah. it's it, the game is what. Twenty.
1: Uh, that's a good point. It is pretty 11, old. something yeah, like yeah, that. It's, it's pretty probably old.
0: pretty old. It would probably run it. It'll
1: fine. probably be okay. Uh, also on May 21st, we have Observation for PS4 and PC. And then we have a whole host of Resident Evils. Oh. So Resident Evil... Just Resident Evil (laughs) comes out for the Switch on May 21. Also, Resident Evil 4 makes its way to the Switch, along with Resident Evil 0 also making its way to the Switch. So I don't know why this sudden influx of Resident Evils is happening, but they're all coming to the Switch on May 21st. And then we've also got Everybody's Golf VR for the PS4 on May 21. And then coming very soon, we have Total War Three Kingdoms for PC on May 23rd. And that's everything coming out now and soon.
0: Boom! There you have it, everyone. So today, for our main topic, we're jumping back in to our platformer series. So this is the entry for this month. I know these are some fun ones that I think we've got because I do too. The older, the ones we played for the last installment in the series, which were Ratchet and Clank. The 2016 version, and then I'm going completely blank on what you.
1: So, uh, Samus returns. Yes, I can't. Thank you, thank you. I, that Metroid, actually, yeah, I really Samus hope returns. that's what it's called. It is, it is. <laughs> I forget I remember every that time.
0: Now. <laughs> I know I completely blanked on that. I was like, it was cool. Which one was it? But I'm then, like yes, Samus, Metroid, Metroid Samus. Returns. That's Samus,
1: what it was. She's back. <laughs> so this time
0: we're not only doing switching it up from play, games that we have played before. We are doing some new ones now for this one that we just recently are playing. I have to I have to admit I'm still in progress on mine on this one but I am I'm like 75 for very
1: good reasons. <laughs> yeah and then I just hit I,
0: I, as is common sometimes with platformers especially for me I hit that wall yeah and I'm like struggling through to get through these last final episodes and I just keep I hit this one hard part it's really difficult Do but you know you'll hear more about that in a second because yeah. Mogan's going to kick us off first with her game
1: so to be fair both of these games are new to us yes but yes. they're also relatively new in like the grand scheme of things as well mm-hmm. so your game I know for sure is really it came out it came out this year Uh, mine i'm going to be talking about snake pass which was actually uh recommended to us by bro mogan uh because last time when we did the first platformer episode we also did a little bit of brief background about platformers in the genre and like their history and place within video games and one of the things that both of us were like are there any platformers that don't feature jumping yeah and we couldn't think of any we were like surely not like you have to be able to jump right and then bro mogan adjusting his glasses was like um, excuse me that's actually not- <laughs> <laughs> what, what? that's what he sounds like <laughs> he- just like how- how's he sound he sounds like mm, excuse me <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, it's one of our fine, respected listeners. Well, on and we the have show. to throw out your brother, so you and can give him this love of so shit, so. it's fine. <laughs> uh, but he got on the Discord and was like, "Oh, actually, have uh, you guys heard of this cool game Snake Pass?" And he attached a video about it that I think was either from or in conjunction with the developers of the game, uh, which is Sumo Digital. Uh, I don't have much about Sumo Digital other than they are a British studio based in Sheffield, England. Um, I would have thought going into it that uh, Snake Pass is what I would consider to be like an indie game. Okay. But based on the size of Sumo Digital Studio, they have like 500 plus employees, which I think disqualifies them from technically being considered indie, right? And more,
0: I think, depends on their like publisher and who helps them get it out.
1: I don't recall who published Snake Pass, I'll look and unfortunately, I did not write that down in advance. Uh, but anyways, you. yeah, yeah, you, you got me. Uh, some of the stuff that I think Sumo Digital has done in the past is quite a few of the Virtua Tennis games. They've also done a few um, ports of I think Sonic games and a few other things that I don't remember now from the sheet that I saw. Sorry, I didn't write those down. My bad, Sumo Digital, you're doing a great job. Uh, but so Snake Pass, um, as I learned from the video that Bro. Mogan posted, is is a game that does not feature jumping, and yet it very much is what I would consider to be one of the most pure examples of a platformer. Uh, so, we'll, who's it published by?
0: Sumo Digital. So oh. it's it's developed and Wait, published, it's. An oh, a.
1: okay, gotcha. Oh, if well, it's,
0: if it's self published, typically regarded
1: corrected. as indie. So there we have it. Then. So. <clears throat> The reason that I would say that Snake Pass is kind of like a pure platformer, and I'm putting that in air quotes, is that it absolutely is stylized very much in the tradition of like the old school, rare developed, like N64 style platform. Very strong
0: Rare vibes. Very funny.
1: strong Rare vibes. Um, I don't think that anybody on the Sumo Digital team came from Rare. I think they came from... Info get, infograms info something, uh, but it was like founded by four guys way back in like 2006 I think. But Snake Pass is as of 2017 if I'm not mistaken. So it is new er, but it's not new new in the grand scheme of things. So what makes Snake Pass so incredibly unique is that it embraces its theme with full force so as you might be able to tell from the title you play a snake So you've got two characters that you technically do both control, and that's mostly in air quotes. You are primarily in control of Noodle the Snake. First of all, what a delightful name for a snake. Uh, I was like, I am the danger Noodle. It's finally happened, especially considering all the many ways that Noodle gets himself into some serious danger. So you play as Noodle the Snake primarily, but he in the classic... It, like, imagine Spyro and Sparks the, the Firefly, right? Okay. Your Sparks is Doodle the Hummingbird. So you're Noodle you're the Snake. Noodle and Doodle. Noodle and Doodle. <laughs> you're Noodle and Doodle, and they're both adorable. So I th- I assume that maybe... Noodle can talk? So fair warning, I think I mentioned this earlier. I haven't finished the game because it is hard and we'll talk about that in a second. Uh but from the progress I've made so far, Noodle doesn't appear to speak, but um Doodle does. Of course, he doesn't have a human voice. He just kind of like chirps and tweets at you, but he's got like text boxes that text show box. up on the screen. Now, I will say that even though there is a very tiny bit of limited air quotes dialogue from Doodle. It is few and far between. Um, He really just shows you very initially in the beginning like hey push this to do this push this to do that and then every now and then he'll chime in when something like happens in the world he's like oh i think something is happening over there um so he's very non-intrusive which i really appreciate because when you're playing a platformer you don't want to have to keep stopping to engage in a bunch of dialogue that you don't want nor do you really need right So I appreciate that the game does sort of take a very, or not a very, but a more hands-off approach to showing you like, hey, this is how you control Noodle, and after that, we're just going to kind of cut you loose and let you go your own way. Uh, So the controls then. Wait, I guess I should give a little bit more background about what you're doing. So the whole point of Snake Pass is that as Noodle and Doodle, um, you live in a place called Haven Tor, which appears to be this semi based on reality but like mystical land of these different realms so there's like the earth realm the fire realm re- the fire realm the wind realm the water realm and maybe some after that that I don't know about but mm-hmm. those are the ones that I know of I have made it to the water realm which I told you about this before we started talking all of the names are like very tongue in cheek and really funny because the earth realm is boulder but it's spelled like B O L hyphen D U R to make it look <laughs> a little bit more you know and right. Buoyant, and then the water realm is soggy. I like that pretty clever. And then the wind one is really on the nose. It's just called Wee. <laughs> I was like, wow, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, they were clearly running low on name steam at that point. But I find it hilarious. It is, it's pretty clever. It's pretty clever. Uh, so the whole point is that you are going through the realms of Haven Tour. And you are having to repair their travel gates. So basically, they have these things that are like you know, that old movie and show Stargate. Yes, imagine a stargate, but even more ancient themed okay. because they 've got these gates that are basically these three pillars, and on each pillar are supposed to stand their three jewels there 's a green one, a pink one, and a yellow one uh, and If any of the jewels get dislodged from their pedestals, the gate closes, which so all of these contained environments are essentially their own floating islands out in the middle of nowhere like they're just in space in the context of the game you know there's sky out there other floating islands but they're not connected so to get from one gate to another you have to actually have access to the gate Mm -hmm. so if the stones excuse me the jewels get dislodged you can't get from point a to point b so in essence the entire point of the game is use your platforming snake abilities to gather the jewels to repair the gate to move on to the next level in terms of story There isn't one. It (laughs) says
0: that's your predetermined goal and you just move from level to level. That's your goal and you just move from level to
1: level. Now I have gleaned from a few extremely brief cutscenes, like super brief, like really just what appears to be foreshadowing at this point, that something is flying around, like making these big old shadows. And I'm like, oh gosh, what's happening? Mm. And maybe that's what keeps dislodging all of these jewels. Could be. So eventually I may have to fight something i really don't think so noodle has no arms he can't really fight uh but maybe that'll eventually wind up being something in the end but this is not a story-driven game that's not the point Mm -hmm. the point is the mechanics and the core of the game that is both a love and a hate because on the one hand and i'll talk about this a little bit more in a second um the controls are integral to the level of commitment to this idea of being a snake in a game. So as I said earlier, this is a platformer that includes no jumping. You also appear to have no abilities like as far as, oh, do you get power-ups? Do you get charms? Do you Mm -hmm. get anything like that? Apparently no. You have uh, really just your own snaky self and very occasionally the help of Doodle. So the way that you traverse the world is that you have... So I'm playing it on Switch for starters. I don't know how the controls work on the other platforms. I think it's also available for Xbox PlayStation, maybe even PC. Mm-hmm. I think you might be able to play sure it, it on is. PC. It might be easier on PC because uh, on Switch it is hard. So the idea is that, think about how a snake moves. How do, Slithering. You, how do you propel yourself forward? You slither. How do you slither? You have to make an S motion all the time oh. to build up enough speed to get anywhere. The exact same rules apply to Noodle. And I find this fascinating. I love it. So when you're holding the controller in your hands, you know, you've got your analog sticks, right? Mm-hmm. If you push like the forward motion on the analog sticks, Noodle goes nowhere. He's like, "Why well, I don't know what you want me to do here. But if you hold down ZR, which is one of your shoulder buttons, that is basically your propel forward motion. Okay. But just the act of moving forward isn't quite enough to get Noodle to move anywhere. Because in order to actually build up speed momentum, you literally have to make the Motion with the analog stick of swooping Noodle back and forth. So the Mm. left analog then actually only controls Noodle's head. So, like, if you were moving along the left analog, his head would kind of swivel back and forth, but his body doesn't move unless you also hold ZR. And then you actually get to start making your S patterns to serpentine yourself forward and actually move around in the world, which I love that the game was like, you're gonna be a snake. And you're going to have to be the snake. Interesting. Like, prepare so, to get into snake head space.
0: So h- how easy was that to pick up and learn? Because to uh, me, you saying that, I'm already like, oh, I might be out. Because so, that seems like just having to have that level, that much, I don't know, that seems a little bit more complicated than what I want to get into. For it a, is <laughs> It is know.
1: more complicated than I was Oh, I was expecting this because okay. in the video that Bromogan sent, I was like, I knew that that was the case because Noodle, in terms of his physics, his character model is quite literally made up of, I think they said 25... 25 to 28 orbs. Like his Mm. character model is just like 20 some odd orbs all put together and that snake slapped on top of it. So all of those orbs affect you in a physics sense. So for example, if you're moving forward and you have to cross a small gap, it's not enough to just get your head across the gap. You also have to factor in how much of my body is also going to have to cross this gap for me to not fall into it. So you
0: could like collapse in your middle, You could, basically, yeah. if, if you don't, you give don't find a side. way to
1: either get enough speed to just sort of launch yourself over it or find an anchor point or find a way to sort of uh, coil yourself up to be able to make it over the gap, you wouldn't make it. And even, for example, sometimes if you're just like – if you've managed to get up onto a ledge and like half of your little snake body is on the ledge and then you stop moving anything, there's a high chance that gravity working on the back end of your orbs that are on the lower half of your body – is just going to kind of drag you right back down. So you have to be really careful that even when you've made progress and you think you've made it to the goal, you have to make sure that all of your snaky self is accounted for so that none of you is out of place and dislodges you from where you thought you just successfully managed to go. That has happened to me a few times. So
0: that's, I mean, that's pretty cool now. Okay, so now you're winning me back over this because that's pretty cool how physics-based the movement is.
1: It's very physics-based. Now, unfortunately, that is both a pro and a con. So in a addition imagine. to the initial premise of you have to snake around to move... Um, it does affect your worldview. So the camera, you only have, I think like normal zoom in and then one level of zoom out, which isn't that much. Mm -hmm. So you can either be like down on noodles level, or you can be a little bit more like an aerial angle. Um, I find that depending on the situation, both or neither are equally useless. (laughs) Sometimes there's just no winning with the camera. And I'll talk about that more in a sec. But um, so in addition to his actual physical movements, noodles got a couple of other tricks up his sleeve so when you are moving around you can hold the a button to lift noodles head off the ground so if you're not holding a he just stays on the ground and he just moves around as you Mm -hmm. will him to do so but if you hold a he will like make a feeble attempt to kind of like raise his head up off the ground and then if you can find a way to find something at your level To get up on through that movement, you can actually get some serious verticality. And the game builds all this verticality in for you in the environment. So it's actually a much more vertically integrated type of platformer than you would think based on the snakiness of it. Right. Because when I think Snake, I'm like down on the ground, slithering around, having a good time, rolling around Snake Town. And actually there's a lot of up and down because the level design I think is both A, beautiful, and B, really clever because when you take away the ability to jump, you've gotta like build in all of these extra ways for your character to be able to get from point A to point B. And one of the key features that the game presents to you to be to be able to do this are all of these bamboo structures that are basically these bamboo tubes. Imagine a jungle gym. Mm-hmm. Like if you've got bamboo jungle gym pieces just sort of strewn about the world, that's primarily how you get up and down and all around, even to the extent that. That you might have like one bamboo stick in the ground, like one single railing crossing a chasm, and then another one on the other side. And you're like, oh, f- shit, this <laughs> this, this, is, is this is my bridge. I've got, <laughs> okay, this is what I've got to work with. It's a real example from level one. Oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Right into a pretty I, substantial I roadblock boned. right at the beginning. <laughs> so uh, in terms of the ability to get up and down then. This is something that is both really interesting and infuriating. Because when you're moving up, let's say that you've got a T-posed vertical uh, bamboo stick. Mm-hmm. So you know that you have to get enough momentum at least to get you like slithered up and coiled around the first shaft to get to the T. And then once you get to that T-intersection... What do you do then? You have to use Noodle's inherent physics to basically flop him over one crux of the T, then use your A button and your movement to loop him back around so that you basically knot him around the T so that he stays stable enough towards the end of your movement that you can then make it up to the next T or the next intersection or the next ledge, whatever it is that you're trying to get to. That is a very simplified explanation of some very complex structures that the game builds
0: in. That seems hard.
1: So here's the thing. There's even one additional... Actually, there's two additional movements that the game builds in for you. So... If you, Noodle's name is very appropriate, he ha, he is willy-nilly. Like, he is just out there <laughs> flopping around, and you're like, God, Noodle, get it together. Mm-hmm. And when you need Noodle to get it together and, like, actually tighten up around a structure, you can hold ZL. So ZR moves you forward. ZL tightens you around anything it's his constrict button that's the word i'm looking for so he's a snake of course he's some sort of python he can constrict around structures which is a temporary solution to being able to basically get your bearings the thing is when you tighten it severely limits your movement so you can't simultaneously tighten And significantly make forward progress. One of them has to go to be able to really use the other one.
0: So I'd imagine you're running into situations later on in the game where you're really, like, you have to maintain some pretty strong forward momentum and kind of do a mix of constricting and and moving because if you slow yourself down too much by constricting, you're not going to be able to make further progress on the structure. Absolutely,
1: I am beginning to learn as I make it further into the levels that sometimes just having enough momentum is what can ultimately just propel you over whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish Uh, because occasionally slow and steady does not win the race. Sometimes you wind up shooting yourself in your non-existent snake feet by not (laughs) having enough speed built in. Yeah. So it is this really difficult balancing act of using all of the controls available to you. Like, I'm using all of my entire hands at any given time. to. Right. Be able to that's just, what it sounds like. To be able to just move Noodle around. Uh, so you do also have two additional very minor actions available to you. You can hit, I think it's Y. And Doodle will attempt to assist you, so if you snap Y, uh, Doodle will fly in, grab just your tail, and like kind of lift it up a little bit, but he's not strong enough to be able to save you from certain doom. Mm -hmm. But he is strong enough to, for example, if you're like barely on a ledge and you're like, oh crap, I don't have enough momentum to get me over this ledge, if you snap Y real quick, it might be the boost that you needed to get over the ledge. Oh, cool. So it gives you that little bit of a safety net. It gives you a little bit of a safety net, but...
0: My computer made Oh noise.
1: my, it Let me sure just did. That real quick. Okay. <laughs> do you want me to stall while you do no, that? Sure. <laughs> uh, well, now I've forgotten what I was going to say. A boost. Oh, occasionally, though, doodle is not helpful. Like, sometimes that boost actually throws you off more than it helps you. Because sometimes you need your tail to be attached to something as that anchor point to be able to maintain your stability on whatever structure you're struggling through. So that is a really... Oh, and dive. Excuse me. There's one more. When you're in water, and there are many water physics, because you're kind of colored like maybe a coral snake, but I don't think that's what you are, but m- most snakes swim... Uh, if you are in water, most of the time you just sort of snake along the top. But if you hold down the X button, you actually dive cool. and then you can go down through the watery levels. And it's actually really arguably the most intuitive water levels I've ever played because what's better at swimming than a snake or a fish, not Mario. That's for <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> Chubby little plumber. No, nah. yeah,
1: no, not link <laughs> from the legend of Zelda. They all blow at swimming <laughs> snake though. Noodle. He's a great swimmer. Nice. Uh, so as you can imagine, All of these controls are both really interesting, and I love the theory of them, but they are constantly uh, really doomed by their own design because it's a very non-intuitive control scheme. Yeah, It is a lot to have to factor in all the time. And even when you do, it often feels like there's no winning against physics. Gravity. Sometimes just gravity is enough to just kill you every time. Mm -hmm. Because the game builds its structures in such a way that in theory, yes, you should be able to make it from point A to point B. But in the midst of having to raise your head, propel yourself forward, constrict, circle yourself around structures, which is a combination of raising and lowering your head in conjunction with gravity, to wind yourself around these things in the first place your body often doesn't keep up with that Mm -hmm. or it keeps up too much and you kind of like fall over yourself and then you're just off whatever structure you were on and depending on where you're at in the level that is either a very minor annoyance or a major one Mm -hmm. because a lot of the level design uh, of everything that i've done so far is based on both crossing empty space meaning if you fall you fall to your doom or falling onto a new uh, hazard that I've encountered. Spikes! Oh. Which is actually hilarious. The foe of many a platformer hero. When, when Noodle falls onto the spikes, he really does make this exceptionally comical. Like, he really, <laughs> he really hams it up when he dies. And I actually think Noodle's character design and also Doodle, they're extremely charming. Yeah. Uh, that's just another probe for the game in my uh, book. Because it, Noodle is so silly and so cute that even when... When you're dying, I have many a time found myself just laughing out loud at the comedy of it because right. it's inherently funny.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's animation. So we talked about it having giving us real like vibes of rare games. But I mean, it really does look very similar to like Banjo and Kazooie or or even a it more does. modern example. That's a you know, that is known. And I believe it was also developed by by X rare people uh ukulele yes
1: yeah, so actually snake pass came out before ukulele right i think
0: yeah, i'm pretty sure it did too yeah
1: not by much though they but came like out the same kinda, year like the same
0: art style art style wise ukulele and and snake pass look very similar yes. to each other
1: i would say that what i know of ukulele snake pass is probably a better game mm-hmm. and i say that from the perspective of just risk taking and imagination because in terms of how much i respect sumo digital for taking this extremely in- imaginative approach to a platformer, I cannot fault them hmm. really for anything that I've listed because I love that they did it at all. Right. It's still the kind of thing that yes, it's infuriating and I am really struggling with it actually quite a lot. Um, I'm currently stuck on a particular part and I was so mad about it that I was like, I quit, I quit. Uh, like I literally rage quit and I had to walk away from you know? it for a while, uh, which is a problem in and of itself. So here's one of the things that is really annoying about Snake Pass that I know that they could easily fix. Mm -hmm. So, of course, the point of Snake Pass is that you're getting these jewels, right? Right. Um, In each level, there are these little stone... they're stones. They're just these particular stones on the ground that have a little symbol on them. And when you snake over them, they do this brief glow, and it's your checkpoint. So anytime you pass a checkpoint, and you can frequently circle back to them and continue to basically resave over the same checkpoint, you can thereby save any uh, of the jewels that you've collected, any of the optional... Um, Bubbles? They're like these little floating blue bubbles that makes that make noodle longer. Like oh. you know how in the game of snake, the more you eat, yep. the longer the snake gets? That also kind of applies to noodle in a certain sense. Um you can get them in like I think there's twenty-five, ten, fifteen. 15 I think there's twenty. 25. I think there's 25 of the blue bubbly orbs in each level that you can get, and then there are five coins. And all of that are your classic platformer things of like, hey, the three gems are your main objective, but also you can optionally get these other things that are part of your completionist mindset. Got it. So the coins and the bubbles are really just for fun or to increase uh, Noodle's literal physical length.
0: And does those, if you collect all the bubbles in a level, does his length his increased length stay that way for the rest of the game or just for the rest that's of that's just for that one level. Got
1: it. Uh, so those are the things that you can collect and anytime you've especially gotten a coin because the coins are like your challenge mode, coins are always placed in an area of the map that you're like <laughs> There's no way I'm getting that. Right. I mean, there have been times that I looked at a coin and thought, it's not worth it. And I've just ignored it because I'm like, even I have no desire at this point to waste my life attempting to get that coin when I know it's not going to work. I would rather just move on to the next level. Uh, So the coins are your real challenges. The jewels, however, are mostly fairly accessible, but they are still part of the puzzle, of course. Um, Speaking of the puzzling aspect... The movement is the primary puzzle. There's not really much. Oh, excuse me. Back to the save points. My bad. Uh, Circling back to the save points real quick. um, Your checkpoints. Yes, you can circle back to them and continue to basically recheck a point as many times as you feel is necessary. However, it does not checkpoint your progress if you exit the game oh so i am continuously running into this problem where the levels are challenging like i said and i'm often not able to finish one in one sitting and if i want to stop playing and go do something else that is also on my switch i can't i have to close out the game that's your progress and when you close out and you haven't Uh, actually finished a level it doesn't save anything that you did that's rough and it blows like the fact that the checkpoints don't actually say like do a mini save of your progress that's infuriating mm-hmm. uh and i really what i wish they had done is that anytime you got a coin or a jewel that should be the autosave. well though it doesn't
0: so i wonder though because i'm trying to think back I'm, I'm trying to think of like a mario game or even like donkey kong tropical freeze if you hit the checkpoint there but those only have like how many checkpoints are in a level
1: Because they're so wraparound, like the levels are really not super linear. You could probably do them in a couple of different ways. They're spread out very sporadically. But there's more than one. There's more than one. I would say that each level has probably three Mm. checkpoints at least, depending on how big it is.
0: Because like Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze and like Mario games, you can hit that middle point checkpoint. And I believe it's the same way. If you exit the game out completely, you have to restart the level. But if you just go back... You know, if you die or whatever, you'll restart at the checkpoint if you haven't exited the game. But there's only one. And, you know, levels in Mario and Donkey Kong, like, they can be long, but they're not – having to restart and redo them isn't necessarily like, oh, my God, I've got to restart and redo this. But if there are multiple checkpoints like that, yeah, I can understand where that would get very frustrating.
1: And the the bigger problem here is that um, both Mario and DK – much easier. Those yeah. are both so much easier. Snake well, so pass that was, is hard. That was the
0: thing I was going to ask next. So it sounds with like how complex the movement system is in the physics part of this you're pretty much just, the whole challenge of the game is navigating it, right? There aren't yes. enemies, really. No, or are there? Not no, no, at no. all.
1: I haven't, encountered an, okay. I haven't encountered any enemies yet. Well, I mean, if um, you're as
0: far in the game as you are, you're probably yeah, not going to. Yeah, the only thing
1: that is working against you constantly is the environment. Like, that is right. your challenge. Uh, I haven't even really seen any other creatures, aside from, like, birds and stuff. Because uh, in terms of the environment, it is very beautiful, and the music is fantastic. I actually haven't gotten to mention this yet, but the um, soundtrack is done by David Weiss, or David Wise, I'm not sure how he pronounces it. Uh, And he did the music for DK Tropical Freeze. Which is incredible. And the soundtrack is phenomenal. Uh, You'll get to hear a little bit of it here in a sec. But that does add to an overall environment that is very like immersive you really feel like a snake in the jungle right. and it's really fun so even though i've listed a lot of things about the game that are ultimately infuriating i it is still not to the point that i'm not willing to continue playing yes i've hit a couple of walls literally, and then fallen off of them to my death, or onto the spikes, Uh, but it's not enough to make me think that I don't want to keep playing, because I am overall really enjoying it, and I will say that when you accomplish a task that you've been struggling with, the sense of, like, triumph is like Hollow Knight levels of extreme. Mm -hmm. It's like you've just beaten a boss that you had to try 20 times to beat. Well, I mean, technically you did. It's the same thing, like, it's that hard, you're just like, oh my god, this is so difficult. Now, right. the difference, of course, is that in Hollow Knight, uh, the mechanics are extremely tight, very intuitive. Everything is, at least uh, in terms of your inputs, really responsive and really reactive. With Noodle, you're fighting against Noodle. You're like, Noodle, buddy, I'm begging you, dude, just hang on a little bit harder to that to that bamboo stick. I am just begging you to do this for me. So it's often just you bargaining with Noodle and the gods of physics to just, like, pray that Noodle gets across the chasm. You're like, come on, Noodle, you can do this,
0: buddy. The physics same. No.
1: The physics say no. Now, I haven't actually gotten to the biggest detractor of the game quite yet, which is unfortunately its most um, grievous one, and I think is part of at least the root of many of the game's problems, the camera.
0: Mm. The
1: camera
0: sucks. Which in a game that you're having to rely so much on movement and being able to see where you're moving and where you're going to go.
1: The camera is manual you have to move the camera with the right analog so so every which time which is not
0: something you're uh, we're not unfamiliar with
1: but when you are also having to command so many other buttons all at the same time just to move noodle at all the fact that you also have to constantly reposition the camera because this is a very 3d game mm-hmm. in terms of if you've got a stone spire and you're trying to get up it in terms of like the bamboo that is constructed around it you're often literally making circles like up a tower and every time you round a corner guess what you have to do you have to move the camera mm-hmm. and even sometimes if you you're just trying to get from bamboo A to bamboo B and they're separated by a little bit of space you really need to be able to to easily move the camera because depth perception in this game is very misleading. Oh. Like, you think that you can make it and you cannot. Interesting. So you really need to be able to accurately and easily move the camera to have a much better understanding of where your, like, spatial reasoning is. And unfortunately, it is not easy to do uh, or even reasonably um, moderate e- moderately easy to do when you're having to do so much on top of that.
0: Because it feel- I feel like... They could have just had the camera fo- like follow it, depending on where you are in the environment. Yeah. But yeah, that's a lot of.
1: I mean, it does have a very small amount
0: of follow of automatic follow. You but know, still, though, it actually
1: might not. I'm honestly not sure if it's me doing it so unconsciously or if it's the game.
0: But still, if you in this, if you're trying to focus on keeping and building momentum, then. Having to stop to adjust your camera can really make you lose some of that. I mean, granted, maybe the more you play, the better you'll get at being able to do both at the I same time. I do think I'm
1: getting better. I think that the more that I play, the better I am getting. Yeah. But even so, from an overall gameplay perspective, it's not good. It's not good design that the camera is that bad. And there are many times where the camera will like you know do that thing where it goes behind a wall, mm-hmm. and you're like. I can't see anything. I can't see Noodle. I can't see what I'm doing. And that split second of not being able to really see what you're attempting to do could be what undoes you. Undoes you. Could be what undoes you from whatever it is that you're attached to. So, unfortunately, the camera is arguably the villain of Hmm. Snake Pass. The camera sucks. But like I said, I am still having... A pretty delightful time with it. Like cool. I still really like it. Uh, who knows, as I get into the later levels and it presumably gets even harder, I might find that I ultimately do rage quit it, but from what I've played so far, I do think it's a really fun and again, just incredibly imaginative approach to a platformer. I love that they thought of this and I love that they committed to the concept so fully of, yeah, you're a snake and you literally have to be the snake in every sense of the form so very cool I'm not sure what I would rate it on a scale. I mean, you technically have a well, scale. But it's... Because <laughs> snakes have scales! <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> you haven't finished it yet. So, I, mean, I haven't can, finished we it yet. We can hold off and so, circle back around to that when we get to it. I'll be it. able to give some updates on it when I maybe someday finish the game. Uh, but for now, I would say it's really fun. And for being a... I got it for only 8 bucks. It was on sale.
0: Right. It conveniently went on sale like right after we started talking about it. I was it. like, so holy it was, it was, crap! You know,
1: and even when it's not space. on sale, I think it's only 15 So it's a very reasonably priced game. So for somebody that loves platformers and is looking for kind of that styling of like the rare N64 era of platformer and you're looking for something that is a very ridiculous, silly challenge, I would recommend Snake Pass. I think it's fun and I'm enjoying it.
0: Very cool. So before we jump over then into mine. We did want to play a little bit of the soundtrack. So yes. which which song did you want to play? So
1: the soundtrack, like I said, is phenomenal for Snake Pass. So I am choosing um Soggy's realm theme. So it's the water world.
0: Very nice. Well let's give that a listen real quick. song. A delightful track.
1: You didn't even hear it, Jared. I did. You played it for me before we started.
0: But not at that interaction. <laughs> it had to be a smooth transition <laughs> from the break. <laughs> Well, the game that I wanted to talk about is, as Mogan said earlier, it is a newer game. It actually came out April 18th of this year. And it is... Really new. But yeah, it's really very Really,
1: it's not even... It's like a month today, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I guess today's, today's, the, today's 18th. the 18th. Oh, my God. May 18th. Congratulations one month. on your one-month anniversary. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Also, special shout-out, it's Sam's birthday today. We've been having oh a great gosh. time celebrating. We She's should. at a Ben Platt concert right now, so I didn't, you know.
1: She can't be on the show with us. She can't
0: be on the show, unfortunately, with <laughs> also, us to celebrate. I don't
1: think she would want to do that on her birthday. Probably not.
0: Probably not. So that we were able to fit this in just perfectly in the recording this week. So this works out well, but happy birthday, Sam. I love you. All right. But my game came out a month ago as of this recording. And it is Katana Zero for the Nintendo Switch, you can also play it on the PS4, Xbox One, PS PC and Mac actually too. But this is a 2D action platformer. It has a kind of a neo-noir setting, so it kind of gives me uh, in terms of its setting and its feel is kind of that I just thought of it, Blade Runner-esque kind of oh, feel to really? it. Not as much so futuristic as Blade Runner, but it just kind of has that very neon. Lights are very neon colored, and it's just kind of dreary and dull and industrial feeling to it a sense. But anyway, you play a an assassin who, as the name implies, uses a katana. And
1: oh, katana, not yeah. katana. Yeah, katana. I was mishearing you. Okay, Sorry, that's
0: katana zero. And so you use a katana, and the main premise of this game is that you're running through trying to uncover the secrets of the past. I'm not going to go – since the game is still so new, I'm going to avoid story spoilers and everything for people who want to. But basically what it is is throughout playing the game, you reveal in flashbacks your past. And you pick up these clues that there is some big war that happened a few years ago. You may or may not be a veteran of said war. And you, as you go through this game, you reveal more of your past, more of why you are this assassin, more of why you are hunting these people throughout each level.
1: Do you have a name? Or do you you not are referred know your to name. as the dragon. The dragon. Oh, fancy! Oh, I know.
0: It's fierce, right? <laughs> also,
1: I was looking up some Im- images of it. It is very like Blade Runner esque. I, yeah. I can, see and the parallel. And,
0: and its art style is very much eight bit graphics, graphical yes. style. and or maybe potentially six. No, it's eight bit. It's eight bit. Do you think, think
1: so? It looks so smooth. I sometimes though. get
0: confused on the on the I differences. I think it might
1: be sixteen bit.
0: I think it is too. I, it
1: doesn't matter. It's, it's regardless. Sporting hairs, pixel yeah.
0: art style uh, of of um, of an art style for this game. But basically, so each level is you go into an area throwing my pen around.
1: Wow, Jared. That was aggressive.
0: I didn't mean to do that. Have a new pen. Thank you. It just slipped out of my hands. (laughs) I apologize. But you just go to each level and you'll have a starting point, usually behind a door or down a hallway. And you'll see enemies, your enemies moving in front of you. And you basically have to systematically take down all the enemies in an area before you can move on to each.
1: And these are 2D planes.
0: These are 2D planes, yes. But the thing about it and what makes it difficult is that you get one shot. If you get hit... Buy a gun. Anything once you're dead. You don't have a health bar. You just get shot once and you're dead. Wow,
1: you're shitty ninja assassin. Assassin, whatever. (laughs) But still,
0: but here is where the kicker comes because you have the ability to induce uh, basically a focus where it slows time, and you can
1: Prince of Persia style. Yeah, so you can kind of
0: get around and avoid either bullets enemies you even you have a roll you can roll through and that gives you a, a brief period of invincibility kind of where you can roll under bullets and things like that when you're slow and you're in slow motion and someone shoots at you you can hit your attack button which is Y on the switch and you'll deflect the bullet back
1: oh that's pretty sweet With With a
0: very sick sounding like
1: poing oh that sounds sound awesome effect. It's, it's so
0: cool <laughs> and so you go through each of these levels And you really just have to take on and really strategize on the fly. Like if you're looking at the beginning or you get to a period, like after you clear out a room, you'll have like a breathing point where you can be like, okay, what do I need to do next? But you're also on a time limit for each level.
1: Oh, you are? Yes.
0: And your focus has a limit to it as well. You can't just hold it down indefinitely in slow time. So you have to work through all these different factors. But
1: your focus... You can use it more than once? Yes,
0: cuz it recharges.
1: Oh, oh, I see. Okay. So it's ba-
0: it basically is a battery icon I and it betcha. has like it'll slowly use notches in the battery as you hold it down longer.
1: So it's like using up mana but it naturally recharges yes. over time. I yes. imagine slowly?
0: Uh, pretty quick, actually, oh, because really? the game the game is meant to be played very fast. Gotcha. Like you don't want to hang around. You don't want to spend too much time just chilling like you want to be moving through. And because it, it is one of those things, the faster and more momentum, similar to Snake Pass, the faster and more momentum you kind of build, the easier it somewhat is because you can start surprising your enemies better and not having to be so reactive to their actions. They're reacting to you cutting their heads off, basically. Right. And so it really just creates this fun. And it very is reminiscent for people who have played it. It's very reminiscent of Hotline Miami, which is another game that I also like.
1: like Hotline, I yeah. really you Hotline, Hotline Miami. I really like Hotline
0: Miami. It's not a platform. It's more of a top down 'em up style game. But it also kept the same mechanic of get shot once you die. Oh, yeah. So it's, it is it's very much you kind of have to rush in and be very quick, very reactive to everything that's happening around you. You need to decide, is this a good time for me to slow down? and all that to slow down the time and to and roll through and try to deflect bullets? Or do I need to be more methodical and try to take each person out one at a time? You can also go through and say you're walking through a hallway. You notice up above you the floor is thinner, and there are like two guys standing up there or pacing around. You can sometimes jump up, depending on the servant and like cut through the floor and kind of skip around. So there are multiple Wow, avenues. that is a...
1: Badly constructed building. I know, right. <laughs>
0: but what the fun thing about that is it doesn't mean then that you have to just start at point a run through in this predetermined path. You can sometimes cut around and jump back around, but you still have to kill everyone on the level before you can advance in the level.
1: That's fascinating. So
0: it's so it is kind of broken down into these stages and it's just very fast and reactive. But what's really interesting about it is it's kind of like you kind of get the feeling like your performance is being watched. Really? after you clear a stage, each in a level, you'll a text screen will pop up and say, "Yes, that will do," and then it d- gives you like a replay of your of your cor- of your run through that stage. But what's really fun about that replay, and if you die, you get hit. It says, "No, that won't do," and then it does like a rewind effect, like on a VHS tape, and starts you back at the beginning.
1: Are you a robot?
0: No, you're just a person. I mean, oh. maybe, like I said, I haven't. It I haven't was gone hard around to tell to from
1: it. the images.
0: Uh, no, I believe you're just a, per- a person, a human, and so. When you and then you can run through the level again, but what it does then? Oh, I kind of forgot where I was going with that. Sorry, I should. Have oh no, 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 you're fine. I just completely. I had badly it constructed I, I buildings. It. Badly constructed buildings. Oh no, no. So you feel like somebody's watching you, <laughs> right. and so it says no, that won't do. And then when you complete, and then it does the rewind back, and you have to do, run through that stage again. Once you complete each stage of a level, you don't have to repeat it if you die in a later stage. It just resets you back to the beginning of that stage within the level, and so. When you successfully complete a stage, it will show you a real-time run-through of your move, which makes you feel really badass because you may have gone through and played the level initiating your focus to deflect or throw objects because you can also sometimes pick up like a bottle or a knife or something like that and you'll hit the A button and you can throw it.
1: Oh, that's pretty cool. It is really cool. So you can actually use your environment to a little bit. Yes. Okay.
0: And you can use those and throw those weapons even when you're in your focus mode as well. Hmm. So it's very... It allows for some very creative gameplay, which I really enjoy. And that's what was so fun about Hotline Miami is because, yeah, you can choose to be like, oh, I'm going to only use a knife. I'm going to use this knife and try to run through this whole level. Or I could go guns a blazing with a variety of different weapons.
1: This kind of makes me think of Dishonored a little bit in terms yeah, of like the different that. approaches that you can that. take to a level. Maybe I'm super wrong. Though. No, no,
0: no, no, but I agree. It gives you more options than just being a straight run through. Um, you know, obviously, like I said, the only thing is you have to defeat each enemy in each stage before you can progress. But so those are the kind of the basic mechanics with it. But what I was saying is that once you complete the level or the stage within the level, it shows you a real time. Playthrough of it, so even if you use focus a lot, it like shows you how it would actually have played out in real time, which makes you feel so cool because it just looks like you just run through and you're just like, bing, 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 like blocking bullets and sending everything everywhere, throwing knives and stuff. It is really cool that's and really, 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 cool. really rewarding.
1: I like that sense of like style points. Yeah. Even though you technically did have to cheat, I like that it shows you. Well, if you hadn't, you'd be. Super I mean,
0: you cool don't. Enough. You did, yeah. I mean, you I mean, it's not cheating necessarily <laughs> right. to use the focus because that's a mechanic that the game gives you. And honestly, there are some parts that I don't think from what I've played that you could not beat and pr- proceed without having really to use it at some point gotcha. I mean I guess if you played it enough but I know there's one point in particular actually it's the point where I'm stuck on I'm, I'm like 80% done I know I am and, but I have just hit this wall at the beginning of this one level where because you know they obviously introduce the enemies at the beginning are easier they are guys who just run up to you and try to punch you then you run into these guys who have crowbars But, which is really funny because they kind of look like they're from Greece because they have like really big slick back pompadours.
1: Awesome. (laughs) Funny.
0: (laughs) Uh, but then you also later will run into guys with shotguns or assault rifles. There's even, but what's making this part in where I'm at specifically so difficult is because I'm having to deal with people with shotguns, assault rifles, and there are also like, uh, riot police type characters oh, who have like shields, shields who can oh. if you run at them and don't dodge at the right time they can bash you and knock you down Yikes. and then they pull up and, like, and pop Ooh, you. Oh sick. So it gets and so that's what I'm I'm running into is this one part where you have to do that but then you run into this open area that has one of the guys with the with the riot shield, two guys with a shotgun and one guy with an assault rifle and you just have to just like basically kick open this door and just run in sword uh, swinging. <laughs> While they're firing back at you, guns ablazing,
1: oh my gosh! And try
0: to get through this part, and I've I've gotten through that part, but then it's I'm still not done with the stage after I get through that part, and I have to and I keep getting tripped up later. Oh. So and then I'll run through have run throughs where I just can't get past that that part. Uh, it's it's getting complicated, but it's still it's one of those things because you do and can die so easily and so quickly. You play multiple playthroughs. Really One fast. after the other.
1: It sounds like a very fast-paced it game. It is
0: very fast-paced, but I really like that about it.
1: Snake Pass is the exact opposite. It <laughs> I is I very It, slow. it seems very slow
0: and a little <laughs> bit more methodical, But still, that's what makes this game so fun. And it doesn't get old. I mean, you can retry... And I did this the other day, still trying to bust this part. I probably reach, replayed and retried it 30 times. But, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that's not very few minutes because they can a, a playthrough can take seconds depending on how fast you die.
1: I have a question. Yes. So aside from your focus and your sword and any environmental projectiles that you pick up, do you have any other powers or, like, abilities? No. No, the, the, that's, it. that's it? Okay, gotcha. Like,
0: you have your yeah, you have your, roll, you have your sure sword, if, like, you can reflect. I was if, like, eventually you would
1: get, like, ninja stars or something. I mean,
0: you could pick one up if, it, if it's oh, okay. in the environment of the but level. But you don't, like, have the You don't have, it, have gotcha. it on you, no. And you can only use those things. Like, say you have a bottle. Knives you can pick up and use multiple times. But if it's a bottle, you throw it and it shatters. Okay, and you can't okay. use it again. Oh, that's
1: a really nice so bit of realism. To, I yeah, like
0: that. Yeah, and you have to plan that out. But what's really cool is you can even use... Because there is like a slight – you can't just hit focus and then just hit your attack button and just be swinging your sword and swipe it through. Like it has a a delay to it. You can hit it and swing it once and then you have to like – because it's still slowed down time even for you. So you have to plan when you're going to hit that button. When is the best time for me to try to deflect this bullet? Should I roll through this bullet, deflect the next bullet, and then roll try to roll again so I can actually hit the person with my sword who – shot the bullet.
1: Oh my God. That's a lot stuff. of thinking. It is a lot of thinking. And it's,
0: it's, so it's very similar to snake pass. And that we
1: have a lot of thinking going on in these games a that lot we're of playing thinking, a lot of quick <laughs>
0: strategizing. And so it just really keeps it fresh. But like, what is cool is say you have a bottle and I'm doing this in this one stage where I'm stuck at, you can roll and I can deflect a bullet, but then another bullet is already coming in and I don't have time from the reset of my sword to swing and deflect that one. So I can throw the bottle into the bullet, which stops the bullet, and then I can roll and strike. Okay, it gets that's so fun and complex. Really cool. It's so
1: fun. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I wouldn't so, have thought of that. Yeah,
0: it, 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 and I honestly discovered that by accident. <laughs> I was slowing the time down, and I swung my sword and missed, and I just kind of like out of panic hit A, <laughs> not even realizing I still had the bottle, and I saw the bottle fly out, and the bullet hits it and explodes. I was like... And then I keep rolling and just going. It's, That's
1: awesome. It's, it is
0: incredibly high-paced, frenetic action, and I love that about the game.
1: Phrase I almost never get to use: high octane.
0: Ah, it is very much a high octane game.
1: None of the games I play are ever high octane.
0: <laughs> so I realized I got so like excited to talk about the combat, which is obviously like the main big the big main mechanic of this game. I forgot to say who made it.
1: Oh, so yeah. So it's
0: uh, developed by AskaSoft. And published by Devolver Digital, which I should have guessed, oh. because Devolver Digital is who published Hotline Miami.
1: Weed. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot where I knew them from. So,
0: actually, local Austin company, Devolver Digital.
1: Oh, what? You you go through your thing. I'm going to look up what else they've done. All right.
0: They've also done this another one that I want to play that seems somewhat similar to uh, Katana Zero. It's not quite out yet, but it's called My Friend Pedro. Hmm.
1: Wait, I've heard of that.
0: They announced it at E3 last year, I believe.
1: Devolver Digital. They put the out the Gungeon. Yes, that's, that's another one of the theirs. One. They do
0: a lot of great indie yeah, games yeah. like this.
1: Uh, I don't know what Bro Force is, but I love the sound of it.
0: <laughs> it's another like eight bit uh platformer game as well. They, that's what they more specialize in, I feel like, Devolver. And so they do a lot of great stuff. But um Let's see, what else have I got? Oh, so the big thing, this isn't a big story thing, you find this out very easily, very quickly in the game, is you realize that what gives you these abilities to manipulate time is this drug called Kronos, which also seems to be the key to potentially unlocking your past.
1: Don't do drugs, kids.
0: Don't do drugs, kids. But you can still, so you you find out through the cutscenes in between, and similar to Snake Pass, any dialogue is done through text boxes. Gotcha. But what's also interesting and cool a fun twist on platformer is you have dialogue options. You can even also, if another character is talking to you, you have at some points that the option to interrupt their dialogue,
1: which might uh,
0: change how the outcome of the, of the conversation goes. Okay. So it has a little bit more fun. So it's not just like, okay, click, 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 read through, read through, read through, get me through the action. There's actually a part in the mid game that is very reliant on picking the correct dialogue options to, to successfully get through the level.
1: I would never have guessed that based on what you've told me. I in had game. no... That's very surprising I didn't to me. think that was yeah. going to be a
0: mechanic of it either. And so when it started, I was like, oh, this is cool. And then when, especially when I got to this middle part, which I will say took me a few tries to figure out the right combination of dialogue options to get the correct outcome and almost got frustrating. I was like, okay, this is cool. Now I'm starting to get frustrated, but it's still once I got it and I was like, all right, all right, I see how this goes. And it really does allow you even for a more a smaller indie title like this, it, like you do like similar to what I was talking about with life is strange. Episode three last week is that I do feel like I can, I'm starting to pick up on like the right cues to know which dialogue option to pick, I got you. which it's fun. It gives that little bit of extra so spice. So you're,
1: you're getting like the gaming intuition yes. for like what it expects yes. of you. Yes, yes, gotcha. sure.
0: And so basically you, you understand that this drug has some time-altering aspects to it. And in, in between each level, you are you visit your psychiatrist who really you have a conversation <laughs> with him he gives you your dose what's of what's his name he, he, you don't know he's just oh, your doctor Gosh. so that kind of leads itself to the mystery surrounding it. there's a whole lot of mystery to the story that i'm still unraveling but you know you have these run-ins with gangs and that's more who you're going after is like crime bosses or wealthy uh wealthy you know just, uh wealthy CD, people no, well like They're wealthy seedy businessmen who are like doing nefarious things or whatever because after each interaction with your psychiatrist he hands you a dossier of your target, he's, so he's somewhat oh, connected wow. to he's your like back. Your
1: handler, kind of sketchy, so, but
0: it's like he's there to help you. But then he's also like,
1: where did he get his PhD from? He, yeah,
0: he's like <laughs> kind of like what, what, what is his role in all of this I that's gotcha. going on? So it's kind of like you're uncovering this conspiracy while still slightly being this. Yeah, this like controlled assassin for some secret organization that you're trying to figure out, and so that's really all I'm going to go into the story. Here. So
1: you're, you're so you're getting the feeling that you're like a pawn yes, in somebody's game, much so. and you very don't much know so. how. Pawn you. is the word I, I was got looking you. for,
0: and so you. I will say this about the game: if you haven't guessed already, it's obviously very bloody, which is very, which is interesting. This is what I meant when I, I said earlier: like it feels weird to play on a switch. It's an incredibly like. It's very graphic because you're using a sword, obviously. So there's blood, pixel blood. But, you know, still, it's still blood. You're chopping off heads and different stuff like that. And there's also a lot of profanity in, like, language really? and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, even it's text boxes and stuff. Like, sometimes the boss will be like, fuck you! But it's, like, yelling in, like, all caps and, like, oh being God. very <laughs> angry, just using a lot of Calm profanities down, <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, it's it's a very, like, mature game. for And it. It just it, only because I haven't, you know, I've recently become a... Nintendo fanboy, I guess, or a har- more a more hardcore Nintendo fan with the release of the Switch and all that. It's it is very different than what I would expect That's to very play on the Switch. Jarring. When exactly when I normally play, like I'm playing Mario or Yoshi's Crafted World. I mean, obviously I have nothing against the foul language and all that, but it's still just I was kind of like, oh, this is different for the Switch. There's just like I that like bit this. of a
1: disconnect of like, oh, I don't think this is supposed to be on the Switch. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> kind of.
1: And so it's it's just
0: still it's but it's really what it is and it's. It's just so fun. I mean, like there's, so you, there's not much I want to really like it. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm having a blast playing this game and it's really it just being able to figure out the different ways to take on each one. Like I said, right now I'm in a place where I'm really stuck and I keep thinking I've just about cracked it, what I need to do. But it also is very much a thing where if you figure out the formula of how to beat it, you have to stick to that formula. And gotcha. you have to, like, kind of memorize your moves and the timing to be able to get through it. And so now, I, like, in this part that I'm stuck, I'm pretty much, I think, have the first half of it figured out. And I can figure out how to get through that part. But now I'm stuck to the second part. And it does allow you, thankfully, the game allows you to have a little bit of foresight in what you're going to come up against. Because with the right analog stick you can move it to the right or to the left and the screen will move in that direction to okay. kind of give you a preview of what you're going to go you up get against. just
1: like a little peek of just what's around the corner what's
0: around the corner how many enemies are there and different stuff like that the game also depending on the stage will introduce some certain things that can help like there are some that are in darkness and your enemies have flashlights so obviously you want to stay out of their beams of light
1: that's i love or mechanics you can
0: like that. uh Say like throw a knife or a bottle into like a smoke canister that will really like fill the room with smoke, and that's the enemies can't very see you. Cool. And then you just run through and be like chop 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 chop
1: chop. Oh, that's super cool! And different cool. things like that. So there's a lot
0: of this level. And weapon and moveset customization that just makes literally everything feel very fresh and unique, even if you've played the same stage multiple times because you keep dying so damage, <laughs> like me. Right. <laughs> so I, I just really am enjoying that. I'm really digging its its style and its aesthetic. And Two, the music is great, also, and so we're going to play a track from that one as well. So you're getting a double soundtrack spotlight for this episode, double and it's composed feature. by a whole lot of different people. It has several electronic composers on on this because it is a very heavy electronic, synth- synthetic styled music, which synthwave, really, yes, which I, love I really synth wave. love synthwave. <laughs> and so it has a lot of great tracks. And the one I'm going to play is Third District by Ludo Wick. I'll, I'll circle back around to it, and we're actually getting. That's to why
1: I liked it so much. I it's, didn't initially think it was synthwave. Yeah, what was it? thinking? great and
0: i mean i know that was kind of like a really quick run through but i mean on its core it's like it doesn't have its mechanics are very basic it's and what the joy of it and especially because it is so new i don't want to really delve into the story and it does have a few things especially the few boss fights and everything that i've come into changes up the gameplay enough to make it feel really fresh but you still know what you're doing i will say even though the majority the one spoiler if it Spoilery thing that I will say, and I won't give any details about it, but normally you're running through buildings on foot. There is a level a little more than halfway
1: through. Please tell me you get a sweet motorcycle. You get a sweet motorcycle. Yes! Yes! Every 2D side-scrolling game has to have at least the one level where you get a sweet motorcycle. And you're on the road. Ah, that's awesome. It's great.
0: It's really fun. But so with this unique combination... Of this fast-paced, but then because of the time-altering mechanics of it, slow-paced at times game tie in the dialogue options and the differences that that can make to make the cutscenes in between super engaging it's making for a very 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 fun and unique experience that i'm really digging
1: i was not expecting of the very little that i knew of katana zero before you told me about it for it this to be such a dynamic sounding game oh yeah i mean i really was not expecting i think you should give it a shot additional layers that you've outlined it sounds really cool it's super (laughs) fun and it's only fifteen dollars Another like fifteen dollar game,
0: fifteen dollars on the Nintendo eStore is where I uh, is where I bought it. So I would say if if you were a fan of Hotline Miami, play this game. If you are you know, because it is very much gives me those strong vibes. It does make me now because of of the similarities I do see between Katana Zero and the, what I've seen in the trailers and, and gameplay of my friend Pedro. Oh, I'm very okay. on on board with my fan my friend Pedro as well. It's very similar. In that one, you have like sometimes two guns, I believe, in your hand. You run through levels, but it's very much all about the angles and the movement. You can use – like you could throw I, – I feel like I've seen in that one you can like throw a pan or like see like a metal thing on the roof, on the roof and you can like shoot it and it will reflect the bullets down at a different oh, angle. that's
1: why A lot of
0: like geometry stuff to throw wow. into it. And even for a person like me who hates math and anything related to math.
1: Geometry is not math. It's different.
0: Still though. It was included in math. math in school and I was like, I hate
1: this. Geometry is not math. Rachel Mogan, 2019. Quote me on that. All right, there we go.
0: Add, someone add that to our Somebody quote section put that of the on
1: Discord. Geometry is not math.
0: <laughs> and date it so we can come back date to this it. at a later day.
1: Pythagorean no, so, theorem, my butt. <laughs> but it's an
0: incredibly, incredibly fun game, and I think if anyone is a fan of more hack and slash two D platformers, give Katana Zero it a try like an because action it's packed insane.
1: wild ride. It
0: really is. It's I'm very it's incredible. But the one thing I will say, and that's a fun little note, is it seems like part of the thing that helps, and another great tie in because of how much we do love soundtracks of games, it seems to be the thing that helps the dragon focus on these missions. Is that the before each mission starts, you see him put in earbuds, <gasps> and then the title of the song that's playing shows up. <gasps> On the screen, I love, and then that. you just go.
1: Oh, that's really cool. That's a nice little tie. It's a nice
0: little tie, especially because all the songs seem to be sourced from other musicians, not necessarily that they were composed for the game. Gotcha. it's like giving credit to the composer outside of the credits. I of the see. Game.
1: That's a really so cool I, concept. Yeah,
0: it's really fun, and I really enjoy it because it, it is nice, especially because in this game, like this Third District song, you're playing the game. And you're like, oh, this track's awesome. You, you know, you restart or move on and you can just remember automatically oh yeah it's told me this song's third district awesome i'm gonna right go on. listen to it so it's an incredibly fun game i mean it's get it's getting incredible reviews like i believe i, I saw on here it's a 10 of 10 on steam wow like, really it's dang and like an 8.5 8.7 on uh let me see if i can run back to this where mm, i had snake it
1: snake pass is not <laughs> <laughs> it's still good it's just not not that good
0: oh where did i see it's it's reviews and its scores i just saw it somewhere now i don't know where it is um, maybe it on Katana. Anyway, it's getting really good reviews. I can see why from how fun this game is. It really is just a really fun platforming experience that I don't think I've, like I said, I've played close and in, in similar style with Hotline Miami. But for a platformer, it's a really fresh game, and I and I'm nice. enjoying the hell out of it.
1: Good job to Katana Zero.
0: Great job to Katana Zero. Congratulations, AskaSoft. Because you got a, you got a winner on your hands right here. How is that? A-S-K-I-I, soft.
1: Oh, ask soft. Ask soft. Interesting. Okay. Sam.
0: Katana Zero, play it. Snake Pass, play it. If you have, I gotta say, like, I, 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 the, I don't know if I'm into Snake no, Pass. I feel oh like that's God's the one, sake. especially because it seems very puzzler based. And again, physics—that kind of rolls into science territory. The, also, not a huge fan of science.
1: Yeah, yeah, science. I is mean, for I, it I understand
0: its importance in the world today, but for me, learning it, nah, <laughs> no, not important. No, Thank on board.
1: you, uh, Snake Pass. I would say is a little bit more up to chance. And I think in most platformers, what you're looking for is precise inputs yeah so for uh, snake pass has its faults but it also has a lot of charm and a lot of heart so but between the two I'm not gonna lie I am a little bit more interested by katana zero now I, so. I really think you need to play it <laughs> it sounds really cool
0: so well before we go that pretty much wraps up our our reviews of these two games if you've played either we would love to hear your thoughts and opinions on them send us an email at team chat at gmail.com comment in the video below if you're watching on YouTube send us a a a note on social media through facebook twitter or instagram we would love to hear from you and hear of your experiences playing either of these two games but before we go we do have to do the soundtrack spotlight which is from mine what was the name of yours again aqua
1: uh soggy's
0: soggy's realm realm from snake pass composed by david wise and then i'm playing third district from katana zero by ludo wick so enjoy that after the close of the episode which is pretty much now thanks for joining us on this episode of team chat podcast Again, I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. on. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and join our Discord server. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or any of the other podcast services you may like. Check us out on patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast if you would like to support the show. But until next time, everyone, enjoy the song, and we'll see you on the next episode.